This is the Scottish Football Citizen, bringing you the best of Scottish football from the past. I'm Andy Kerr, and this week we're bringing you something slightly different from usual as we delve into our archives for an interview with Alex Smith. Alec is a well-known former player and manager who turned out for a host of clubs before turning his hand to management, but he won the Scottish Cup with St Mirren in 1987 and Aberdeen in 1990. He retired as Falkirk's technical director in 2018 at the age of 78 and now lives in Australia. Here, he spoke with us some years ago about some of his football memories. Um, can you tell me, first of all, how old you were at the time when you went to see the game? <laughs> I'll not tell you what age I was, but I'll tell you I was a, a teenager. And, uh, yeah, I was just, I'd just signed, actually, professional forms with, with Kilmarnock. I think I'd been about a year, maybe just something like that with Kilmarnock. And Billy Bremner had just the long sign for Leeds, so there were two jack lads just making our way in the game thinking that we've only got one game one step to go to go for reserve team football to first team football and we'd made it sort of a thing So how did you come to know Billy Bremer? Well that's through football actually I, I met Billy when uh, I was just coming up 15 and Billy was uh, just a young kid 13 and a half or something came along and played a training night one night they got, I played with a team called Gownhill United and uh, Billy stayed in this, the area so he came up to watch the training with a man short and, and I coached the trainer to allow him to play and he did and he was absolutely brilliant the best young player I've ever seen play actually at that age he was superb, he was really good and uh, that's when I, when I, when I, when I, when I first met him and then there was a friendship grew through that and uh, as I say when Billy got to school by Caps he went to Sabon school and still and he got picked for Scotland he was so good and he was small of course and then he was playing I was playing for Gownhall at 15 year old 15 and a half under 21 and he was playing it and he was only 13 and a half 14 and it was under 21 football so it was men's football you were playing in and again, he was outstanding playing in that football. But he signed for Leeds from the schools. And he'd been down there maybe about a year, I think. A year or so, uh, when that game took place. Uh, and I remember it as if it was yesterday. It was a fabulous crowd. There was officially 136,000 people there, but unofficially, I think the pipe band was swollen with a couple of hundred people going in. and. And the gates, I think, were people were in. I mean, it was there was much more than one hundred thirty-six thousand people there. It was jam-packed, and we were in an hour and a half before the game. And you had to be, of course, to get try and get a good position. And I always remember we we stood up in the terrace in the, the Mount Florida end, uh, to the left of the main stand, and to right of the goal at that end in that corner. Uh, and the it was fun. It was a fabulous game. The Germans scored first, and uh, and uh, we thought, here we go. It's, they're going to be the favourites. But Real Madrid, Real Madrid were majestic. They were 
They were just something else. We hadn't seen football like that. But the nearest we'd seen football like that was probably the great Hungarian team a few years before that with Puskas. And of course, Puskas was playing with Real Madrid then. And uh, it was football uh, that uh, we hadn't seen before. I mean, Gento, Puskas, the stuff and all. Uh, uh, they were brilliant. Santa Maria. And, uh, they, were, they were just great, you know. Uh, and I always remember when they came back, they, they, they scored and got back into the game again. And uh, the, I think they got it to 3-2, three, three I think it was at the time. And then the German, the German scored and then Real Madrid went up and scored again 4-3. They went on to score another three after that. And it was raining and at the end of the game, the crowd, I think, stood for a good hour. And, well over an hour applauding Real Madrid and they never went off the, the, the stadium and it must have been a, it was certainly the most memorable game in, that I can remember and I would think it would rate similarly with the Real Madrid players and the Germans of course because it was a fabulous game and every goal that was scored was, was a, were, were, they were classics, you know, better than the next one. Gento was tremendous pace was doing things up the, the wing that was uh, something else at great speed, tricks and great crosses. Puskas, he, he, he amazed everybody because he didn't run too far. But when he ran, he ran very quickly and he, but he was a tremendous strike of the ball. And great goal scorer. Stef Stefano was a clever, brainy player. And uh, number eight was a great player too. He was he was the one that made them. He was the man that made all the decoy runs. He was a favourite of mine actually. I just the name escapes me at the moment, but he was Del Sol. De, Del Sol, mm. yeah, he was the man. And so, what had you known of those players before you went to see them? Had you heard a lot about? Them? Well, I'd heard, I'd heard a lot about them. I'd seen I'd seen Pushkas play for Hungary. I took an afternoon off to go to see Hungary play at Tamden and Scotland uh, lost 4-2 in a great game too and Puskas played then so we were familiar with that team Hidigouti, Puskas and uh, Koskis and all these players but the Real Madrid team Real, Real Madrid started to win the European Cup on a regular basis So how would you have sort of made preparations to go to the game? Was Billy Bremner up from Leeds? He was up, he was up from Leeds, yeah and uh, we went through in a special bus from Salem bus station through the game all excited to see these great players playing and we certainly weren't disappointed I mean we were just overwhelmed with our ability and the whole game uh, the atmosphere at the end of the game when the presentation was made and the acclaim that the, the Hamden crowd were giving Real Madrid team in particular, both teams got great evasion, but Real Madrid in particular was, they wouldn't let them go off. And the one thing that struck us too was, we, I mean, we had started our playing careers and we were full of hope and full of ambition. Uh, but we thought, well, we're only a step away from uh, the big time as it were. And Billy had already played in Leeds first team. And then we realised we had 
we had a mountain to climb to to hit the highest level that the plane said that you could possibly do. And, uh, I can remember coming away from the game saying that with a mountain to climb now, you know, it took the feet fears really and it knocked the, the wind fears a wee bit, not to stuff in a wee bit as much as it. Well, if you think you're a, you're a player, you have an awful lot to do before you can get to the levels necessary now. And uh, as I say, with a mountain to climb, and Billy went on to climb the mountain, he, he made it to the top. He got to his plateau, but uh, I certainly didn't. But uh, that was how that game left us. And it inspired Billy in many ways to go and reach the goal that he had set out to do when he left Stirling as a 15-year-old boy. And uh, he played against some of these players and played with, I don't know if he played with them with the rest of the world, but he certainly went and mixed with these type of players in his playing career. And what about, I've heard an interview with him where he relates a story about going to see the players beforehand. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember us seeing the bus and that, the coaches arriving. We were there early, you see. So we went and we... we Billy had a, he's got a far better memory than me for these things. He had an amazing memory for things. We've seen uh, the great players and we were waving at them and all that. The usual stuff, you know. I can't just remember what... Uh, what was it he said? He said that he'd seen... Um, I can't remember which player in particular it was, but it was... I think it was Pushkas and Kento up the back of the bus smoking. You know, an hour before the, <laughs> the European yeah, Cup final. That's right, they were. They were quite relaxed looking, actually. They were, they, they were, they were smoking and chatting away and waving the way out to you and on. Of course, you got a wave back, you, you were waving to them and you thought you were great that Pushkas had sort of recognised you or something, you know, it was, it was young boy stuff, really. And had you seen um, Eintracht play Rangers at all? You I had back? seen the Rangers game, six, I think it was 6-3, wasn't it? Yeah, I had been at Ibrox and seen that game. Uh, if I mean right, Jimmy Muller scored a hat-trick. Or Ralphie Bratton. I, I, I remember going to that game as well. It, it was it was Wednesday night, of course, and I used to go to Stowe College on a Wednesday. So it, 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 it linked up with my arrangements. I could get out to Ibrox or, or Celtic Park, whatever European tie was on, I would go and I would go straight from the, the school, Stowe College. And I was at that game and I thought the Germans were magnificent. And I went actually thinking that the Germans would come out on top. And, I, and that, I thought that when they scored the first goal, I thought, that here we go. That's but no, the Real Madrid uh, lived up to all the expectations. I don't think it was, a, it was a, the most exciting game that I've ever seen. I talk about end-to-end play and never known what the result was going to be. That these kind of games provide. I mean, I remember Celtic playing Vodjevina and the Big Billy scoring the winner in the last minute. Italy, Scotland, and Italy at Hamden was that was a real excitement game one 0 But in terms of the real exhibition football uh, in a cup final, that's the best I've ever seen. Best cup final performance I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot of cup finals. But that, that was done, it was done with a great style. 
great dignity. They didn't take the mickey. They played and not to humiliate the opposition, but they played to beat them with class. I'll never forget that at the end of the game, standing there, you know, and thinking, what are we to do now, you know? What are we to try and achieve? And can you remember what the style of play of each of the teams was? Did they have similar styles of play? I think they played the game in a... a, The Germany... Well, the German team, sorry, but they were... They were typical German style. They were athletic and strong, passed the ball well, direct players. Real Madrid had a wee bit more uh, style about them. They, they, had a, they had a wee bit more of the... It was a different mentality. They played to win, but they... Yeah, the kind of Spanish, Italian uh, way of playing the game, uh, and uh, they, they they just they were the team that had class written all over them for everybody, and they were household names. So the 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 thing about them was they lived up to that reputation. I think they won in the European Cup six years in a row. If, I'm, if, if my memory serves me right. Because I was going to ask you, I think this was the fourth year that it had been played for and they'd won it. They'd won it. The, the previous three years. So yeah, the, fir- the, the first year I think Reims won it. Right. For the French team. Mm-hmm. They beat Hibs. They beat Hibs in the semi. I mean, in the semi-final of the first year. And I think Reims went on and won it. Or oh, maybe they lost to Real Madrid in the final. I should know all that. I, and, uh, but, uh, so did it because um, you know the European Cup was quite a, a young competition did it seem like a really big event in the way that it does now or was it no no I mean the, the European Cup when it when it was started uh, Aberdeen should have been the team that played in the European Cup when it started I think Aberdeen won the league championship Hibernian actually done very well and they lost very narrowly to Reims over the two games. So what was the, the atmosphere like during that game? Um, at the beginning was was the crowd on one team's you know side were they supporting? Oh, I, I think the crowd first of all I think the first, the first and foremost they were there is to see two great teams play and they were prepared to applaud Anything that they'd done well, and the Germans started superbly. They started superbly. Sorry, they started so well, scored a very good goal. Steen, I think, was the guy's name, the centre forward, and uh, it looked as if they were going to be too strong for the Real Madrid, but they started to play, and the crowd were appreciating. It was, I mean, it was a game from start to finish that had everybody in awe. And as I say, they lived up to it. They lived up to the crowd. Just were completely sold by it. And in comparison to the to our own domestic game, it seems seemed a million miles away from a domestic game. But that wasn't quite true. That was a young fellow looking at the looking at the situation because Rangers had to go to the semi final and had lost over to the Germans in two games. So Rangers had done tremendously well. And it was only a few years later when 
Celtic won the European Cup with we a great team. And Rangers got to the final of the European Cup one of the same year. So the Scottish clubs at that time were doing well in Europe. Kilmarnock got to the late stages of one of their cups, set the, the, uh, the Fair Cities Cup, I think. Uh, Hibernian were continually getting to, late, to later stages. So the, the Scottish clubs were doing very well. But what it did, I think what it did, I think everybody had the same feeling as, that, as we had coming away from the game. I think everybody was a professional footballer and watched that game, came away with that feeling. They weren't anywhere near as good as these players and, and they would have to work really hard to get to the level. Now, at the time, Jim Baxter was probably the nearest type of player to them. Baxter, maybe Crerand, John White, Dennis Law, of course, was had broken international. So we were starting to put together a good international team. They yeah, really a lot of talented players. And uh, Celtic had a youth policy in place and they were getting severely criticised for it. Was known as the Kelly kids, but uh, the kids all became great players: Lennox and Johnston, and Murdoch, and all the boys. They reached the same heights. Not not for as long as the Real did, but but they reached they reached the heights too. So I think in many ways that game inspired these players. It inspired an awful lot of players, and we got a lot of good out of the game out of that particular cup final. It done wonders. Although maybe on the day it didn't, it didn't. Uh, our game didn't fare fare comp- comparably to it, but uh, I think we were being slightly unfair now because, as I say, Rangers had got to the semi-finals in the same competition that year, and we had a lot of pleasure for the fact that it was a Scottish referee and one of our best ever referees, Jack Mount, who refereed the game. It was beautifully controlled by the officials. There was nothing unseemly in the game. There was no any real badness. It was played in a great fashion. And uh, I can still remember Stefano taking the ball for a kick-off. They just lost the goal and he went three or four yards and blasted it into the net. From about 25, 30 yards down. To me, watching that game, it's always an exaggerated situation. After your your memory plays a wee bit, it was fantastic that Puskas's strike from inside the box, high into the net. It was great. Canario was other Canario, I think, was the the winger, the right winger. It's coming to me now. Dale Saul was a he was a decoy man. He took everybody out the road for the other ones to play. It was an education, real education, and I'm sure that people like the managers at the time, like uh, Bob Shankly and Jock Steen. Eddie Turnbull and these guys took an awful lot for that game. They learned an awful lot. So do you think it, it um, changed the game in Scotland in some way? I think it changed the game, yes. It changed a lot of mentalities to the game. It changed a lot of people's thinking to the game. And uh, I think to, for the better. So I always, uh, as it should be, I mean, I think these cup finals should always be examples to the rest of the game like the World Cup final, the last World Cup final was tremendous, you know, the European Championship final was brilliant, so they should always leave a legacy to the game. That one certainly did. 
had a thought in the day it was maybe near 150,000 people there. And what do you remember of the end of the game? I remember us yeah, coming out of the game and uh, after all oh, these ages and ages and trudging towards where our bus should be. Uh, and we eventually got there. You had to wait for ages. And it was, uh, and you have to remember that the roads, there was only a little bit of dual carriageway coming into Glasgow. The, the start of the, the, the road that's there now, there was only a, but you had to go in through Condorra and then through Castle Carey and then through Denny and, and, and all these places, Longcroft, before you got back to Stirling. So the traffic was nose to tail, although the, uh, the traffic was much lighter these days, but uh, it was it was nose to tail all the roads. So it took you ages to get home. It was a fab it was a fabulous day. There's no doubt about that. And what about do you remember the the Real team? Um, you know, after the final whistle. Oh well, their celebrations was uh, it's uh, fun, fabulous. They went, I mean, they, when they got the, the the European Cup, they went round the whole terrace and round the around the track side. And there were ages and ages. I mean, I, I think it was about fifty minutes, maybe to an hour. They were out in that park, and they wouldn't. They, and it was just a it was just a, a noise, just applause. And I mean, you you just roared and clapped for for that length of time. You didn't stop and then they come up to your end and done it. You were doing it all the time, they were going, whatever area of the park they stopped it. You were, it was spontaneous stuff, you know. Real. And anybody that I've ever spoken to uh, would say that it's the it's a most classical game they've seen, that one. I, I think it'll always be that. I don't think you'll ever see a game that'll certainly no for me that'll hold the same kind of memories as that one did This weekend sees the Scottish Cup return once again as the eight remaining sides take on each other in the quarter-finals The fixtures see Hibernian take on Motherwell on Saturday before Sunday serves up a new firm derby between Aberdeen and Dundee United Rangers take on St Johnston on Sunday evening before Kilmarnock play St Mirren on Monday night to see who takes the last place in the semi-finals. You may have noticed something about the names of the eight clubs that are in the quarters this weekend, and that is, there's a lack of any teams from outside the top flight there. This is the first time since 1985-86 that the quarter-finals of the Scottish Cup have contained no teams from outside the top division. In that season's quarter-finals, Hearts beat St Mirren 4-1 at Tynecastle, Hibernian edged Celtic out 4-3 in a thriller at Easter Road, Dundee United beat Motherwell 1-0 at Fir Park, and Dundee drew 2-2 against Alec Ferguson's Aberdeen at Dens Park. The Dons would win the replay at Pataudry 2-1 and went on to defeat Hibs 3-0 at Dens Park, before beating Hearts by the same scoreline at Hamden in the final. Unfortunately for Jambos, 1985-86 was a season that promised so much, yet ended in disappointment, as a potential double fell flat at the final hurdle. Hearts were pipped to the league by Celtic on the final day of the season after a 2-0 defeat to Dundee at Dens Park, and then lost out in the final to Aberdeen. 
It would be another 12 years before the Jam Tarts would lift the Scottish Cup in 1998 at Celtic Park as they defeated Rangers to take the trophy back to Tynecastle. By contrast, Aberdeen fans will be willing on the spirit of 1986 when they won the Cup, and their new manager Stephen Glass could do worse than take a leaf out of Fergie's book this weekend. We wish the quarter-finalists good luck and hope to see plenty of goals and entertainment from them over the weekend. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Scottish Football Citizen. Subscribe to us on your favourite podcast platform so you never miss an episode and join us again next week when we'll be looking back at more of the best of Scottish football from the past. If you'd like an extra football fix in your inbox every Tuesday, you can subscribe to Football Memory Scotland's weekly newsletter, The Football Special, and receive an email full of excellent pictures and stories from days gone by. To find out more, email lindsay at lindsay.hamilton at scottishfootballmuseum.org.uk The Scottish Football Citizen is written, edited and produced by Andy Kerr for Football Memories Scotland in association with Alzheimer Scotland and the Scottish Football Museum. Additional contributions from Robert Harvey, Jim Orr, Lindsay Hamilton and Richard McBrearty. The interview featured in this episode is from the archive of the Scottish Football Museum.